Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 473 for December 20th, 2015. This week, batteries have finite lifespans, and a utility that's available in Windows 8 and Windows 10 can help you identify when it's time to replace the battery. Even security applications that are intended to protect your computer can sometimes be used maliciously. The European Union moves forward to enable legislation that'll enforce privacy laws with severe fines. In short circuits, a Chinese company says that its privacy eraser won't really erase your privacy. And IBM has a plan to clean up air pollution in Beijing and elsewhere. In spare parts, only on the website, Microsoft cooperates with the Linux community to provide certification for Linux on Azure. And the battle to defeat cyber criminals continues. If you have a Windows 8 or Windows 10 computer and you frequently use it on battery power, this item is for you. If not, the first part of this week's podcast will be a little boring, but hang in there, there's more stuff coming. As you certainly know, batteries don't last forever. That's why it's a good idea to check the health of the battery from time to time. It's like occasionally walking around your car to confirm that the tires still have tread, so you won't have a blowout on the freeway and total the vehicle. But how do you do that? A utility that's available starting with Windows 8 makes the process pretty simple. Just start by opening a command window, type battery CFG, that's B-A-T-T-E-R-Y CFG, all one word, a space, the forward slash, and battery report all run together. Then press enter. The utility will compile information about any batteries in the computer and save a report to your user directory. Check out the images that show the process and some screenshots on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Open the report in a browser and prepare to see a lot of information about your computer and the battery. The report is one long screen on the TechBiter Worldwide website. You'll see I've created several individual screenshots to show some of the various areas. The first section provides information about the computer and its operating system. The second section will list one or more batteries. If you run it on an AC-powered desktop with no battery, you're not going to see any battery information, of course. The Surface computer that I ran this on has a single battery using lithium-ion technology. Full charge capacity is 38,812 milliwatt hours. You'll also see a value for cycle count. This shows the number of times the battery has been completely drained. In my case, this has occurred 12 times. Batteries can be cycled a finite number of times. The number varies from battery to battery. The next section shows power usage over the previous 72 hours. On mine, there wasn't a great deal of battery activity because most of the tablet's use is at a desk, and it's AC-powered when it's there. The system logs information periodically, showing the computer's current state power source, and battery capacity remaining as a percent of power remaining and as milliwatt-hours remaining. 
Scrolling further down, you'll see a usage chart. The one you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website doesn't show a lot because the computer hasn't been on battery power much in the past three days. The values used to create the chart appear below it in a table. You'll see the amount of power used, again as a percentage, and in milliwatt hours. Two charts that I don't illustrate on the TechBiter Worldwide website show the usage history for the life of the battery and its capacity history. These are the two charts that will probably be of most interest to you as the battery ages. The capacity history report displays the full charge and design charge capacity histories of the battery. This is a good way to monitor the battery's health. Perhaps an even better way is in the last chart. It shows battery life estimates from the time that the operating system was installed. This section is a table. It shows the anticipated runtime for the battery based on information that the application has collected over time. These numbers will decline over time, and it's generally a good way to determine when it's time to have your battery replaced. So if you have Windows 8 or Windows 10, check out this little utility. It's free. It's already on the computer because it's from Microsoft. Antivirus applications are supposed to protect your computer, but sometimes they have flaws that can be exploited. Kelly Jackson Higgins, writing in Information Week's Dark Reading, describes a vulnerability in AVG software that's now been found in Intel McAfee and Kaspersky Lab antivirus products. In March, researchers at Ensilo reported that AVG's Internet Security 2015 exhibited that problem. The problem involves how the applications allocate memory for read, write, and execute purposes. The root problem, says Higgins, is that the AV products use predictable addresses that could allow malware to exploit applications that are outdated. In other words, it's kind of an edge condition, but edge conditions do sometimes occur. The flaw would let malware bypass the antivirus system, and researchers at Ensilo also found the flaw in Kaspersky Lab's Total Security 2015 and McAfee's Virus Scan Enterprise. Check the article for more information about which specific versions are affected. You'll find a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. The Dark Reading article says that all three antivirus providers have patched their applications in current versions, but notes that some vulnerability could exist in other applications. The flaw cannot be exploited in Windows 10. It is unlikely to be exploited in Windows 8. Those who are still running Windows XP, Vista, or Windows 7 are at risk. The article quotes a researcher at Ensilo who says the flaw turns an antivirus application into a tool for an attacker. Ensilo has released a free tool for companies and vendors to test whether their security products contain this bug. The good news, though, according to the article, is that none of the companies and Xylo or any of the antivirus providers have seen any signs that the bug is being exploited in the wild. If you'd like to read the full article, there's a link to it from the TechBiter Worldwide website.
Europeans seem to be more serious about privacy than Americans. And that was reflected again this week when the EU approved data protection regulations that give citizens more control over how online information is collected and managed. The changes won't be fully in effect until early 2017, though. The rules have been approved by the European Union, the European Parliament, and the EU's member states. Negotiations have been going on for about six months to reach a compromise between the rights of individuals for privacy and the rights of companies to collect data. The changes will make life somewhat more difficult for companies such as Google and Facebook. Some of the primary changes approved this week include the right to be forgotten being made an actual legal right. And when people in the EU ask companies to delete information about them that is no longer relevant or out of date, the companies must do so. Companies that break privacy rules will be subject to significant fines, possibly in the hundreds of millions of dollars. For extremely serious violations, the fines can be up to 4% of a company's global revenue. The rules explicitly apply to any company that has customers in the EU, even if the company isn't actually located there. When data breaches occur, companies are required to let national regulators know about it within three days of when they discover it. And unlike in the U.S., where anyone over the age of 13 is essentially considered an adult on the Internet, the EU will require that those under the age of 16 obtain parental consent before signing up for social media such as Facebook, Instagram, Skype, Snapchat, and Twitter. National governments do have the option of setting the age limit as low as 13, though. Negotiators weren't able to agree on all aspects of the new data privacy rules. One of the remaining points of contention is in regard to which regulators will have the last word in determining when a violation has occurred. Most European Union member nations have their own national privacy agencies, and they don't always agree on what constitutes a problem. No matter what, this is going to be good news for law firms that represent the social media firms. In short circuits, Privacy Eraser says it won't really erase your privacy. Sometimes a product or service catches my attention based solely on its name. That's the case with Privacy Eraser Free, which claims to be the all-in-one tool to ensure total privacy for PC users. You see, at first I thought it was offering to erase my privacy, and that seemed not to be such a good thing. The application is from China, and perhaps it was named by someone who is not a native speaker of English. Cybertron Software in Shenzhen, China, says that version 4.7 of its Privacy Eraser Free is designed to keep private information on a computer protected and secure. The features include the ability to wipe files, clean browsing history, remove traces left by software, and manage Windows privacy. In other words, pretty much the same things that most commercial protective suites already do. Cybertron Software positions itself as a leading security systems provider and says that Privacy Eraser Free ensures deleted files remain deleted and that no one can access private information of any kind, be that browser history, third-party application data, 
personal documents, or anything else. You probably already know that deleted files can be restored even if they've been removed from the recycle bin. Also, the temporary internet files can reveal recently visited websites and downloaded data even if the browsing history has been deleted. Temporary files can reveal personal information. Privacy Eraser Freeze File Shredder function permanently deletes files using security wiping standards such as the U.S. Department of Defense Standard 5220.22M, which makes three passes, the U.S. Department of Defense Standard 5220.22MECE, which makes seven passes, and a system developed by New Zealand computer scientist Peter Gutman, which makes 35 passes. A news release from the company says the drive wiper helps to completely eliminate the free space of a whole disk drive without any possibility of recovery. I'm sure that's not true, because after all, you don't want to eliminate free space. You might want to securely wipe any data that's found in the free space. That's another hazard of having a news release written in a language the writer is not familiar with. Cybertron says that Privacy Eraser Free keeps track of traces left by third-party applications and removes unnecessary remnants by using more than 250 pre-configured plugins, not to mention user-configured plugins, they say, so I won't mention them. The program also manages startup programs. That's a feature that's available from numerous other applications and to some extent from within Windows natively. Privacy Eraser Free is available for Windows Vista and above. The program supports both 32-bit and 64-bit systems. As you might expect, in addition to Privacy Eraser Free, the company does offer a more advanced Privacy Eraser Pro that is not free. Privacy Eraser Pro sells for $20 for a one-year license or $60 for a lifetime license. The published but probably never charged prices are $40 and $80, respectively. Cybertron is a certified partner of Microsoft and Intel. The company has been developing applications for home and business computer users since 2002. If you'd like more information about Privacy Eraser, you'll find it on the Cybertron website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. IBM says it wants to expand its Green Horizons initiative to reduce pollution and other problems in Beijing, New Delhi, Johannesburg, and other cities. Given the news from China in recent weeks about the extremely heavy pollution, it's clear that this problem is real. The Green Horizons project will be expanded to enable city governments, utility companies, and factories to better understand and improve their relationships with the environment and to help tackle pressing issues related to air pollution and climate change. The expansion follows a year-long collaboration with the Beijing Environmental Protection Bureau to include over a dozen commercial deals and research engagements on four continents. IBM's China Research Lab is working with the Beijing EPB to provide advanced air quality forecasting and decision support systems that can generate high-resolution pollution forecasts on a square kilometer basis, 72 hours in advance. That's very precise forecasting. It also shows pollution trends and is able to provide predictions up to 10 days in advance. The technology models and predicts the effects of weather on the flow and dispersal of pollutants 
as well as airborne chemical reactions between the weather and pollutant particles. In the first nine months of 2015, the Beijing government was able to achieve a 20% reduction in ultrafine particulate matter. The goal is to reduce that figure by 25% by 2017. Despite the efforts, pollution in Beijing has been so severe for the past week that a Canadian company has been selling bottled air. According to the Independent of London, Sales of Vitality Air, bottles of fresh mountain air from Banff and Lake Louise, Canada, have soared in China. A single bottle of the company's premium oxygen costs $28. A bottle of its Banff Air is $24. IBM says its Green Horizons engagements apply the company's advanced machine learning and Internet of Things technologies to ingest and learn from vast amounts of data constantly self-configuring and improving in accuracy to create some of the world's most accurate energy and environmental forecasting systems. This kind of system has been the dream of meteorologists for decades. An agreement with the Delhi Dialogue Commission will employ the technology to understand the correlation between traffic patterns and air pollution in India's capital. A pilot program with the Johannesburg and South Africa Council of Science and Industrial Research will model air pollution trends and quantify the effectiveness of the city's intervention programs. Additional clean air projects in China include one with the Environmental Protection Bureau in Baoding, one of China's most polluted cities, and another with the city of Zhangjiakou, host to the 2022 Winter Olympics. British energy giant SSE is piloting the use of this technology to help plan power generation at its wind farms, the system is able to forecast energy for the individual turbines and includes visualization tools to show expected performance several days ahead. In Japan, IBM technology is being used with a program that creates power from solar energy that uses 890,000 solar panels. And in the United States, home of climate change denial, the technology is being used with the U.S. Department of Energy's SunShot Initiative to support supply and demand planning on the nation's power grid. If you'd like more information about this technology, visit the IBM website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. And this week in spare parts, only on the website, Microsoft cooperates with the Linux community to provide certification for Linux on Azure. And the battle to defeat cyber criminals continues. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week. Hush, kitty, hush.